Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, where we discuss all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. To get more information and resources, visit the website at therapyforblackgirls.com. And while I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 26 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. In September of every year, we mark National Suicide Prevention Month. During this month, you will see lots of special events and um, more close attention paid to getting the word out about how we can prevent suicide in our communities. And so I definitely thought it was fitting to um, in this month, talking about suicide prevention, talking with you all about um, some of the risk factors and warning signs for suicide, as well as addressing the top five myths I often see related to suicide. So the first information I want to share with you is taken from the website for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And this article talks about the risk factors and warning signs of suicide. So it starts off talking about what leads to suicide. There's no single cause for suicide. Suicide most often occurs when stressors exceed current coping abilities of someone suffering from a mental health condition. Depression is the most common condition associated with suicide, and it is often undiagnosed or untreated. Conditions like depression, anxiety, and substance problems, especially when unaddressed, increase the risk for suicide. It is, however, important to note that most people who actively manage their mental health conditions lead fulfilling lives. So some of the things that you want to be on the lookout for, um, you know, and most of this will be talking about if you notice some of this in a friend, right? Um, so definitely, you know, paying attention to these warning signs for yourselves. But most times, um, friends and other loved ones can see these signs in us before we're able to see it for ourselves. So I really want you to pay attention to um, any of the warning signs you may see in your friends. So one of the first categories related to warning signs or um, related to what, the person is talking about. So you will often hear them talking about feeling like they're a burden to other people, feeling like they're trapped. They talk about experiencing unbearable pain, feeling like they have no reason to live, and they will sometimes explicitly talk about killing themselves. Another category of things that you want to be on the lookout for are behaviors. Um, so things like increased use of alcohol or drugs, looking for a way to kill themselves, such as searching online for materials or means, acting recklessly, withdrawing from activities, isolating from family and friends, sleeping too much or too little, visiting or calling people to say goodbye, giving away prized possessions and aggressions. And aggression, I'm sorry. A third category that you want to look at is things related to their mood. Um, so people who are considering suicide often display one or more of the following moods, depression, loss of interest, rage, irritability, humiliation, and anxiety. 
some of the risk factors associated with suicide. So risk factors are things that increase the likelihood that someone might try to take their life. So some of the risk factors that are included um, related to suicide include mental health conditions like we talked about, things like depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, borderline or antisocial personality disorder, conduct disorder, psychotic disorders, or psychotic symptoms in the context of any other disorder, substance abuse disorders, and serious or chronic health conditions or pain. Some of the environmental factors that can be risk factors associated with suicide include stressful life events, which may include death, divorce, or job loss, prolonged stress factors, which may include harassment, bullying, relationship problems, or unemployment, access to lethal means, including firearms and drugs, exposure to another person's suicide, or to graphic or sensationalized accounts of suicide. And the final category of risk factors that may need to be considered include historical factors. So if they have had um, exposure to a previous suicide attempt, so if the person has attempted suicide in the past, that increases the likelihood that they may attempt again in the future, as well as a family history of suicide attempts. So if they have knowledge of or witnessed a family member die by suicide, then that increases the likelihood that they may also um, feel suicidal at some point. So I want to move on then to talk about um, the top five myths that I often hear related to suicide, because I think, um, you know, there's still a lot of education that we need to do, a lot of learning more about um, what happens when someone feels suicidal and how we can best help. And so I wanted to address some of the things that I often hear um, that come up around suicide. So the very first one is that black people don't die by suicide. Um, so while the numbers are um, lower than for other populations, so um, white men are historically um, the, the demographic most likely to die by suicide. But that does not mean that those numbers for us don't exist. So black people and black women specifically have the lowest rates of dying by suicide but again, it definitely is something that we need to be paying attention to. So in 2014, there was a lot of attention paid to suicide after we um, suffered the loss of two very high profile black women who died by suicide. Karen Washington, who was the creator of the site for Brown Girls and the Dark Skin Red Lip Project, and T.T. Branch, who was one half of the popular natural hair care brand Miss Jessie's. So their deaths spark months of discussion about the need to pay attention to our mental health and how often black women suffer in silence related to mental health concerns. You may have also recently seen articles um, that talk about how suicide rates doubled between 1993 and 2013 for black youth between the ages of five and 11. Additionally, Suicide is now the third leading cause of death for young black people between the ages of 15 and 24. So again, the numbers may not be as high, but it does seem like they are on the rise. And this is something that we definitely need to be paying attention to and talking about in our communities. The second myth related to suicide is that it is the ultimate act of selfishness. 
So many of us who have not had significant depressive symptoms or have felt the incredible despair that typically accompanies the decision to end one life really can't connect, can't relate at all to what it would feel like to want to end your life. And so when we say things like suicide is completely selfish and why wouldn't they think of the people they're leaving behind? It's because we cannot connect to the feelings and the the um, mood that someone typically has when they make the decision to end their life. And it's important to remember that at this point, at the point where someone has decided they want to end their life, people often feel like they're a burden on their family and friends. They feel like everyone, including themselves, would be better off if they just no longer existed. They often don't see a way through or out of the pain, and they feel like this is the only way to deal with it. So the number two myth related to suicide is that suicide is the most selfish act that can occur. The third myth related to suicide is that asking if someone is suicidal makes them suicidal. So this is definitely not true. And I can assure you that someone who has not felt suicidal in the past will not become suicidal simply because you ask them about it. Oftentimes, when we don't ask, this in some ways indicates that you can't handle your friends sharing this level of pain with you. And it communicates that this is something that needs to be kept private, that needs to be a secret, which is absolutely not what we want to have happen if someone is actually feeling suicidal, right? We want them to be open and honest with us so that we can get them connected to the help that they need. The fourth myth related to suicide is that people pretend to attempt suicide for attention. And it's really important that we take all attempts at ending one's life seriously. And even if someone doesn't necessarily intend to kill themselves, I think that an attempt is still a signal that something larger is going on and that we need to get them connected to professional help. Um, So I don't think that we can um, kind of hedge our bets about whether somebody was serious about taking their life versus looking for attention, because I think any attempt at hurting yourself is a signal that something bigger is going on. The fifth myth related to suicide is that people who are suicidal always look depressed. And this is definitely not always the case. So sometimes a person who has decided to end their life will actually have a bit of an improved mood in the days before their suicide because they're at peace with their decision. They finally decided how they are going to um, get rid of the pain that they have been experiencing. And so you will often, or not often, you will sometimes see that a person who has decided to end their life will have a bit of an improved mood. So we saw this recently when Chester Bennington's widow, Talinda, released a video of him laughing and joking with his family just days before he died by suicide. And she wanted to help shed light on the fact that depression and suicidality don't only look one way. So we have um, seen more articles coming out talking about like people with high functioning depression. Um, So people who look pretty put together and like everything is fine on the outside and they are actually really struggling on the inside. Also included in the show notes will be um, resources for Um, People who may be experiencing suicidal thoughts or um, if you have friends who, you know, 
have struggled with this, you will be able to pass along this information. Um, there are both numbers that you can call as well as a crisis text line that you can use. So make sure to pay attention to that information in the show notes. You can find that at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 26. So we also have an on the porch question today. And this question is related to um, asking for tips on how to deal with coworkers and Facebook and Twitter friends who continue to share um, like racist comments, um, making, you know, most recently, of course, we've seen um, more commentary around NFL players kneeling during the national anthem, um, you know, and of course, this has caused an uptick in people kind of sharing their thoughts and opinions about these things on social media. And so this listener wanted some tips for how to deal with um, these kinds of things on Facebook or with coworkers. So I think the very first thing we need to do is to ask ourselves, does this really matter or can I just unfollow or unfriend this person? So I think many of us um, feel really hopeless about what's going on in the world right now. Um, really feel hopeless about the level of hatred and disrespect that's being displayed. And I think sometimes we think that arguing with these trolls and these people online is actually a productive use of our time. And it's not. Um, I think it, it makes us feel like we're doing something and it makes us feel like we're trying to educate people. And I think that it typically comes from a good place. But I really want you to consider whether that is the best use of your time. Um, I personally don't know anyone who's changed a racist person's mind with a single tweet or a Facebook status. Now, if you have success stories of when this has happened for you or someone you know, then I definitely would love to hear that. But I think typically you're not going to change someone's mind through social media um, contacts, especially publicly, right? Um, now, I think it may be different if you are having like a messenger or a DM conversation with someone where you are kind of going back and forth um, about, you know, an exchange of ideas and kind of sharing what why you think that person's um, message or um, status update was offensive. I think you may be able to make some ground if you have that conversation privately, but publicly where other people are kind of chiming in and, you know, everybody's kind of watching. I think it's pretty unlikely that you're going to change someone's mind. So I do want you to consider whether that is actually a worthwhile use of your time. The second thing I want you to consider if this person is actually a coworker is to make sure that you are documenting everything. Um, so that includes screenshots, um, you know, printing off things if you need to from your social media accounts so that if you need to escalate this issue and file a complaint or a grievance with HR, you will have all of the documentation that you need to be able to do that. So make sure that you're documenting everything if this person is a coworker. And then the third thing I think you should consider is taking a social media break. Um, and I know y'all probably get tired of hearing me say that. It feels like I give that as an answer for a lot of things. But I think 
um, in in a lot of cases, it's really needed, especially because we are so connected to um, kind of constant news and updates through our social media accounts. So I think in a lot of cases, a social media break is actually warranted. Um, I think if you find yourself getting too riled up with comments that other people are making, it may be a good sign that it's time to take a break and perhaps find another way of getting involved or completely disconnecting from whatever this event or um, whatever you were discussing online altogether. Um, So there is still plenty of fight left to have. Um, So because you take a a three-day break from social media does not mean that there won't still be work for you to do when you get back. But I think you sometimes have to step away to kind of gain some perspective and some clarity so that you can come back to a situation, um, you know, ready to kind of, do the work that we need to continue to do so that we are continuing to fight for equality and justice. So I hope that helps. Um, If you have other strategies or tips that you've used to deal with racist trolls and angry coworkers um, on your social media accounts, then definitely share those with the other audience members. Um, Make sure you use the hashtag TBG in session so that people can keep up with that. And if you have any questions that you would like some feedback about or a topic that you would like some more information about, make sure to send those over to me at podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com. And please do let me know your thoughts about the episode. Um, If there are other warning signs you think that people should be on the lookout for related to suicide, other myths that you have heard related to suicide or or, um, misinformation you think that's out there that we need to clear up, make sure to um, send that over to me on social media so that we can kind of get that taken care of and make sure that we're getting the correct information out there related to suicide prevention. We all have a part in this work and I think that it's important for us to be paying attention and kind of looking out for one another. So do make sure that you are following us on all social media accounts. Um, On Twitter, you can find us at Therapy4, the number four B-Girls. And on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Therapy for Black Girls. If you are looking for a therapist in your area, make sure to check out the directory at therapyforblackgirls.com backslash directory. And again, please make sure that you are using the hashtag on social media so that we can all be a part of the conversation. The hashtag again is TBG in session. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care.